Show, episode 42, um, or 40, I think it's 43, actually. I think it's 42, um, uh, one, I, I don't know, it's 42, I want to say. Okay, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but um, we're going to be giving our uh, week three game analysis, so we got all of our um, standout players, or, or whatever we want to call them, um, for, for all the week three games so far. The Chiefs and the Ravens are currently playing right now, they're in the third quarter. Chiefs are up 27-10. Um, and I don't want to say it too early or anything, but we've seen it. We saw it last year with against the Tennessee Titans that the Ravens team has a little bit of trouble, um, coming back into games just because of the way their team is built. So, um, we'll have to get back with the outcome of that game, um, later in the week. But if this game is over by the time, like, we get done with a lot of these other games, then we can just do our now, like, we can give our top performers and stuff in this episode honestly i mean yeah i mean it's the start of the third quarter so it depending some takes uh longer than other times um yeah it's but, a big deal we can always get it done next episode like what usually happens so but <laughs> yeah. obviously to so, start off every episode joe how, how have you been for the past couple of days i've, I've been good i've been good um just, you know it's always the same thing it's just school you know cross-country and sports and stuff and homework and having some fun with some football and stuff i don't know not a lot going on per usual but how are you doing i'm i'm pretty much in the same boat i've just been hanging out watching watching some football watching some basketball the miami heat made the the finals which makes me very happy because i love as you all know by now jimmy butler is one of my favorite players in the league nice to see him in the finals um just been hanging out, hit up the rec center again today, got a good workout in. Um, life is good, just chilling, you know what I mean? So so do you think that the Heat has a chance of being Lakers in the finals? Um, I would like to think so. Realistically, I'd probably not. Um, the Lakers, it's, <laughs> it's tough to ever bet against LeBron James. Um, you know, say what you want. I think Michael Jordan is still the greatest player of all time, but LeBron James is close, and he's the greatest player of my lifetime, 100%. And it's just so – no one thought he was going to make the finals this year, and he, he did it anyway. Like, that man's just a different breed when it's when it comes to the playoffs. It's tough for me to bet against LeBron James in the final when the opponent is an inferior team. Um, trust me, I would love for the Heat to win, and I will be rooting for the Heat with all of my heart, but uh, I don't know how realistic it is. So um, has Jimmy has Jimmy Butler ever won a – when I, a cup or however whatever it's called, a no. Stanley. I understand. This is the first, This is his first finals appearance. Um, and interesting because when he when he went to Miami in the offseason, the big narrative was like everyone was saying like he just wants because the moving after you go right that he was labeled a I'll quote locker answer. But like now we know that it, that, that wasn't because when he, he went to Minnesota, okay, and then there was a big story. He called out Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns about not having hard work ethics and he he ended up requesting a trade and he'd like into practice went like it was like jimmy butler and all the third string players versus the rest of the starters and like everyone else and then the, the third stringers and jimmy butler took the w and then <laughs> like that was the big that was the big thing of like jimmy butler whining that they don't have work ethic because jimmy butler's like trademarked as like the hardest worker like short of lebron james um so then he left went to philly and then, you know, he called out Philly for having no leadership on that team. And then they, they didn't re-sign him in the offseason. And what do you know? Now that, this, now that it's over, he said the coach couldn't get things under control. 
and Joel Embiid wasn't the leader they were looking for. And what do you know? The coach gets fired for that exact reason, not being able to keep things under control. And now all the narratives that he said are coming up. And then he went to Miami, and everyone was just saying, Jimmy Butler just wants a vacation. He doesn't He doesn't want to win, like he says. He just wants... He's gonna. He just wants to go there and soak it up in the sun and make a bunch of money and do nothing. But then he came out in there in the NBA finals, doing what no one thought they could do. Great stuff. And so many, so many players are just great role players getting all involved and and overachieving to get them there. And you know Jimmy Butler, just the glue that holds it all together. That strong leader took Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson under his wing. They've blossomed into great players. Boy, what a story it would be if they somehow won the finals. It would be awesome. And you would be ecstatic, and I'd be pretty intrigued because I don't know anything about the NBA. But I'm throwing a party if Jimmy Butler wins the finals. <laughs> per, per usual, the first episode of the week, I've got plenty of news to discuss. Um, so how about we? How about we just talk so, about it? Right. We can get into the news here. Um, first thing, I know we got two pieces coming up. I'll give you the sad news and the not so sad news. Um. Sad news for one, the Bears fear that Derek Cohen has torn his ACL. Um, big blow there after they gave him a $17.25 million extension last week. Um, one of them with the, one of the most productive backup running backs in the league, just a great shifty guy. He can, he can be a return man. He can be a pass catcher, solid blocker out of the backfield. Um, it's just rough for that team. They struggled as a rushing team this whole season. So it's, it's just rough there for Derek Cohen. Obviously, week three was not nearly as bad as week two when it comes to injuries, but there were still a few, and um, you never want to see that stuff. So sad, that, that's sad mm-hmm. there. But then the other piece of Bears news is the piece that everyone probably knows. One of the other times that my prediction has been proven incorrect, um, Nick Foles will officially replace Mitch Trubisky as the Chicago Bears starting quarterback moving forward. Um, I predicted personally Trubisky keeps the job until week eight at least. Um, week one, he played really well, and I thought things were, were going well, and then had a rough week two, and he was absolutely garbage last week, apart from he had a 45-yard run, which was <laughs> nuts. Um, but then, obviously, he got benched for Nick Foles, and Foles came back and won that game for them, surprisingly, and um, now we're here. Foles is the starter. He played really well week three, so we'll see. We'll see how the Bears are able to do. They're 3-0 and somehow. Maybe the worst 3-0 and team I've like ever seen in my life. They're 3-0 <laughs> nonetheless. Nick Foley and Dynamite. We'll see what he can do. I don't know. Maybe he can make some magic here on the the, the end of his career in, in reality. Um, you know, he had a lot of magic. I don't know. It's, it's a long way before they they do much there. Because, yeah, they're <laughs> he's he's still a limited quarterback to an extent. So um, I agree, definitely. I don't but know. Yeah. It's, in, it's really cool to have a, you know, a big game. And, he, and, yeah, he didn't even play the whole game. And he still hit 30-plus fantasy points. So if anyone... Yeah. The, somehow, if some someone projected uh, put in Nick Foles, then they're kind of a genius. I don't know, depending who your starting quarterback was, really. <laughs> Unless you have, like, Russell Wilson. Yeah. I'm not All really, right. Uh, I'm not picking up Nick Foles, <laughs> personally. Uh, but uh, we got two injuries after that again. Obviously, COVID season injuries happened. But um, Michael Pittman Jr., Colts wide receiver rookie, been relatively productive thus far this season, um, has had calf surgery. And it's not expected to be a season-ending injury, but we are not 100%, 100% sure. He's on the IR, and um, they say, okay, at the earliest he could come back in Week 8, but um, whether he will come back or not is all just yet to be seen. We don't have a real timetable. It's a very responsive injury, and just like 
when he's able to come back is all about when his body's ready, and we're not going to know any of that. So, calf surgery, Michael Pittman, the number two receiver there in Indy, big hit for them. That is because they already lost. Um, they already lost. Uh, his name escapes me at the moment. Um, but they already lost their, one of their other good wide receivers. So it's only T. Y. Hilton at this point and Mo Ali Cox. So Mo Ali Cox. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's rough. And as we speak, Mark Andrews drops a wide open touchdown pass. Um, <laughs> rough <laughs> stuff in Baltimore. Um, and the Wait, we have now. Open? Eh, it was he had it in his hands. He was diving for it, but. He had it in his hands. Um, it was like mm. in his, it was in the pocket. It was like in between his arms and his stomach and he had it and then it just fumbled the bag. It was not uh, the easiest of catches, but still one that should have been made. So that's, uh, that's thanks for Baltimore. Jeez. I want Kansas City to win. Steelers will be number one in the AFC North. So yeah, I'll take that all day. Technically tied for me the whole AFC. Technically. Oh uh, yeah. Technically. Uh, and right. next we have... <laughs> As we, the Denver Broncos have had a slew of injuries this season, we are now adding Jarrell Casey to the list. Star defensive lineman Jarrell Casey has torn his bicep and is likely out for this. Add that to a list of Denver Broncos injuries, including Drew Locke, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Von Miller, AJ Boye. Um, the list goes on. It's really, it's looking bad for that team. Team, we both predicted to go ten and six and make the playoffs. Um, rough, yeah. rough, rough. Because obviously they they still could have, but injuries are not something that you can ever predict. Especially that men's to one team is really rough. Them and the Niners are are really in for it right now. So that that, that really stinks for Casey. But um, I want to get into the um, I don't want to get into the analysis too quick but i don't think the injuries are affecting the 49ers too much <laughs> uh we're facing the giants so we'll see yeah, about that fast. um and the last piece of news is something that has come out just recently tonight um earl thomas has worked out with the houston texans and is likely going to sign a contract deal with them in the next couple of days um interesting as all the speculation on this night whatever else said dallas was going to be the landing spot for earl thomas interestingly enough houston is after they take the loss in week three um to bump down to 0-3. Um, they decide they want some help in the secondary alongside Justin Reed. Um, that's good stuff. They're just like Eric Wilson and A.J. Moore are not going to get done down there in Houston <laughs> alongside Justin Reed. So, um, Earl Thomas, obviously a great signing pretty much wherever you would go, and especially a team in Houston that has some really nice pieces but just lacks talent. Um, and, and I'd like the signing. Yeah, as do I. Um, I think we both projected the, uh, the Cowboys, but that fell out. So um, another yeah. Dallas team there. He, he, you know, <laughs> if he wanted to go to it to Texas, he he got his wish there. Um, I guess I, I do like the signing because they obviously have been struggling on the de- struggling on the defensive side of the ball um, and the offense to an extent. But um, we, yeah, I, I had him as the third best in the NFL, and I, I think you did too. So of course it's going to be a big signing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had him. No, I had him at. You might have had him at four, at five. five. Okay. I, I, for whatever, I put Anthony Harris above him. Looking back, I would not make that same, but um, I did. So I would have personal. I would just at five, but I'd probably have you at four. Thinking back at it now, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. My my thoughts then are different from my thoughts now, but we change our opinions here when when new things come out. You know, looking back at ninety eight percent of my lists. Hindsight, it would be uh, 2020 for sure. <laughs> I made a lot. Of I'm not going to pretend like I didn't. <laughs> I had some bad ones, but, you know, most of my lists, I don't mind. Maybe it's like 
like in my linebackers list, I was thinking back and now I'm like, man, I should have put Fred Warner higher than Roquan Smith. But you know what I mean? It's like, whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But um, so now I guess we get into our game this week. I did half of them. Joe did half of them. So we're just going to alternate here between games. Uh, there's no real order. We already went over the Monday night game on the episode. So right now we're getting into, we're going to start off here with a really intriguing, like a really good game, extremely close. Tennessee versus Minnesota. So, final score was 31-30 to 30 in favor of Tennessee. Steven Goskowski hits the game-winning field goal as time expires. Um, for Minnesota, it was really a, a two-horse game when it comes to offensively. But Tennessee, it was kind of it was spread a little bit more. So, the top performers we have here for Tennessee, we have Derrick Henry, 26 attempts for 119 yards and two touchdowns. Really nice game. Khalif Raymond goes for three receptions for 118 yards. Um, we're going to have Jonathan Joseph, seven tackles, one tackle for loss, one interception, and one forced fumble. Really well-rounded game for him. And the first time that we've ever had a kicker win a top performer. Steven Goskowski has struggled in week one. Week three, he's here. Six for six from the field. One for one from extra point. 55 long. The game-winning goal. Steven Goskowski had himself an, a monster game there for tennis. And then for Minnesota, we have Dalvin and Justin Jefferson were the really the two driving forces to that offense. Dalvin Cook, 22 attempts for 181 yards and a touchdown, a career-high in yards for him, and also a career-high in yards for wide receiver Justin Jefferson. That's only his third game. Seven receptions for 175 yards and a touchdown. Absolutely monster game from key there. And then on defense, we have Harrison Smith, nine tackles, a tackle for loss, an interception, and a pass defended. And Yannick Ngaku once again, two tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, and a forced fumble for him. Really nice game there. Super close. Came down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was I had the blessing of watching the game right after the Steelers game finished, and it was an intriguing finish. Um, it certainly, Guskowski had a rough week one, an extremely rough week one, um, and yeah. they took and they kept him, and he's obviously paying off at this point. Um, I don't know. I think that that's a big surprise. He's won. Yeah, he's got three game winners at this point in his Titans career. So I don't know. I mean, that's going to be a great that, but... game next week. Tennessee versus Pittsburgh is going to be an amazing game next week. Oh, uh, yeah, say, definitely. Honestly, I, I kind of think that the Steelers are going to win it. But I feel like if I predict it, it's like, that's biased, you know what I mean? But, like, looking at I it, like, see. I could definitely go either way. But, like, looking at it from an objective standpoint, with A.J. Brown out, right, that offense relies so heavily on Derrick Henry, who is the number one run defense in the league right now. Um they like I don't even think a running back has went for over fifty yards yet. Because week one yeah. versus the Giants, Saquon Barkley put up like, like six yeah. rushing yards, and then oh, except week like Saquon, yeah, Never mind. and then Melvin Gordon put up like sixty something yards. He had a he had a really good first drive. and just didn't really run them all the rest of the game. But he was he had like sixty something yards, and then last week obviously was a lockdown. Um, when they when they only rushed for like. 30 yards or something like that as a team. <laughs> like, it was nuts. So, mm-hmm. another lockdown week there. But um, I guess we get into the next game now. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll choose the next game here. I mean, I already had some. So, you, you, said, you said we were going to go back and forth. So, yeah. sorry if I, if I messed up there. But I have the 49ers versus the New York Giants there. Again, we previously mentioned um, Nick Mullins. He had 25 for 36, 343 passing yards. That is 9.5 yards per catch. Um, one, uh, one touchdown there. So he also had three rushes for 31 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, so that's good. 
So uh, also I Fred Warner. Wait, no, that's not right. <clears throat> I second one, kind of a weird guy here, Brandon Ayuk. He had uh, three Rookie. rushes for thirty. I messed up. I accidentally put um said some other stats. Sorry, my bad. Um, but Brandon Ayuk with three rushes for thirty-one yards and a rushing touchdown, and he had five receptions for I mean five receptions out of eight targets for seventy yards. Um, no touchdowns there. He he was very efficient with his touches there, but um led the lead, led the team in passing and was in second place right behind Jerry McKinnon, who was extremely inefficient. So I didn't put him on there, but he he did have more rushing yards. And then Fred Warner with five tack- tackles and one interception. So, um, of course, he he's a very good linebacker. You have to expect that. He, he's a tackle monster and mm-hmm. got his first interception of the year there. So, um, And I have a couple guys here for the Giants that did perform well. Darius Slayton, three, uh, only three catches out of the seven targets, but he led the team in receiving yards, 53 yards, 17.7 yards per reception. Um, and then Julian Love with 10 sacks. 10 tackles, not 10 tackles. So a good game for the young guy there. I was um, stumbling through my words a little bit, but um, it was a blowout. Complete and utter destruction of the Giants. I I was making the Giants to win that game. (laughs) I thought it was going to be like a good game that was like really high scoring for both teams. And Daniel Jones, I don't even think through a single touchdown. (laughs) So it was. was, There's four fumbles for the Giants this game. So um, Daniel Jones had a rough game. So. now, uh, Barkley's obviously out, and now Sterling Shepard's on us. So it's like, it's rough. Hopefully next week, they can try to incorporate Devontae Freeman a little bit more into their into that offense when able to learn the playbook. He only had like 10 yards this week, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say here. Um, Analysis-wise, yeah, because we both thought it was going to be close. I think I saw the 49ers winning. Um, yeah, yeah. Because they're so injured, you know, like I thought an injured good team versus a bad team that, you know, has some injuries, but um, obviously we were incorrect. The 49ers yeah. got it done back-to-back weeks versus bad New York teams. So <laughs> that's just rock. Cause, uh, that just goes to show you how good that 49ers team really is. Like from a they're, coaching yeah. standpoint, just like depth, they're so deep. Like all we, we report they had 13 new injuries last week. And they're still able to come out and blow New York out of the water with Nick Mullins, Jarek McKinnon, and Brandon Ayuk as your big three. Yeah, so that's that's really good for them. Uh, that's a definitely a really good team. But um, the next game is another like another really good game. I'm getting I, I got two good games in a row here. Um, the Rams versus the Bills. Uh, the Bills take it 32 to 35 on the last second touchdown, and it was just this. The Rams almost just came back from a crazy deficit. The Rams ended up scoring 28 unanswered points in the second half. And um, Buffalo just got the last second touchdown from Josh Allen to Tyler Croft. Or, no, I think it was, it was only Tyler Croft. It was one of the tight ends. Um, the big boys, the big Brewsters down in the corner of the end zone. Um, really nice. So for LA, I've got Daryl Henderson. 20 attempts, 20 attempts for 114 yards and a touchdown. We saw as Malcolm Brown was the feature back week one. Daryl Henderson, the weeks two and three, was the feature back, and it's looking more and more like he's going to be the guy moving forward. Um, Cooper Cup, nine receptions, 107 yards, a touchdown. Robert Woods, five receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown. And the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Donald, six tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. Um, Really great stats for Aaron Donald, a great week. And then for Buffalo, the man, man of the hour, we all knew was coming, Josh Allen. 
311 passing yards, four passing interception, and then four rushing attempts for eight yards and a rushing touchdown. So five total touchdowns there for Josh Allen as he's just putting up monster numbers this season. Um, Cole Beasley, six receptions for 100 yards, and Matt Milano, the linebacker, eight tackles, a sack, and a tackle for loss. Great game there. Josh Allen able to hold on, clinging for dear life, and able to get the win out there undefeated still for the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are impressing me. Um, Josh Allen is, is like seems a lot better this year. I mean, he's still making some mistakes, but um, just the way he plays, I feel like he's always, there's always going to be some mistakes to an extent. Um, some overthrown passes, just you know, the same with Big Ben. He, you see him overthrow some some guys at, at and stuff. You know? um, yeah. But their their defense is, of course, the uh, the main the main thing there because that that's the focal point of their team. They have Tre'Davious White at top three at least. Do you I think you have him top two? cornerbacks in the league i predict so, it would be the best this year i can see i mean i i don't haven't i haven't watched the bills game but i'm just gonna take a wild guess and say he hasn't gotten randomly bad over the offseason um so it's interesting the bills are tied still tied for the patriots um in the first place in the nfc east surprisingly they're enough they're winning they're not because the patriots lost to seattle last week the oh patriots yeah, okay, yeah. Are two and one and the bills still have the lead by by a little by one game. Okay. I uh, slipped my mind. I thought for some reason I thought the Bills lost the game. But that way I'll get it right into my uh the next game here I have here, the Patriots versus the Raiders. Um so it was I feel like the this game was honestly closer than uh score made it look because yeah. Like ten or fifteen. Um or I don't know, I don't have the score down for some reason for this. But the game the name of the game here was the rushing game for the Patriots. Rex Burkhead had forty nine yards on six attempts and two touchdowns. He also had seven receptions, 49 yards, and another touchdown. So um, probably a career game for him, honestly. Um, and then Shawnee Michelle here with nine attempts, 117 rushing yards. That's 13 yards per carry. Um, that's unheard of, really. Especially when he had nine carries. That's, like, a pretty notable number there. Um, the only player that, like, Derek Carr spread the ball around a lot. Josh Jacobs didn't have a really crazy game. Um, and can, I think... I don't know. I didn't write down the stats, but I, I knew it wasn't crazy. Um, Derek Carr, 24 for 32, 216 yards, two, inter- two uh, touchdowns, zero interception. So a clean game, very Derek Carr-esque game. Um, yeah, like I said, spread the ball around. They didn't give Josh Jacobs as many touches as I think they probably should have because he didn't have a crazy game, no touchdowns. Um, didn't have a big impact in the receiving game either. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. This was a game I thought we thought were just going to be really close, really fun game to watch. It definitely was closer than the score portrays. Um, Cam did not probably have the worst passing yeah, game as of his uh, Patriots career so far. Um, was no slouch on the ground per usual, but compared to you know Rex Burke and you know Sonny Michelle with all these mm-hmm. rushing yards and touchdowns and everything, he uh, kind of took the back seat this game. So yeah. I don't know, can't complain. Bell checking, they can't complain. They got another win. Um, yeah. And honestly, the uh, I don't know what to think about the Raiders because last week we thought they looked really good, and this week they didn't look like the same team. They didn't look as dominant. Josh Jacobs yeah. didn't have the same momentum that he's running with. So I don't know. That's it's true. Hard to tell. That is true. But I I, I, I like the Raiders this year. They're I don't like I, them to be like I don't like them to be like a Super Bowl contender or anything. But they're playing a really smooth game. Derek Carr is having one of the better seasons of his career thus far, and uh, Josh Jacobs is. Is proven the doubters wrong. He's going to be a potential top five running back by the end of the season. So, um, 
the next game that I have here, Chicago Bears versus the Atlanta Falcons. Another Atlanta bleed. Uh, uh, 30 to 26 final score in favor of Chicago. Because um, Atlanta, I predicted them to win the past two weeks, and they've blown largely the past two. This time, Atlanta blows a 16-point lead with only six minutes left in the game. Um, top performers here for Chicago, the main man, one of our favorite receivers, Allen Robinson, has his first breakout game this season. Ten receptions for 123 yards and a touchdown. Akeem Hicks, defensive lineman, gets goes for four tackles, a sack and a half, and a tackle for loss. And then for the Falcons, we have Todd Gurley, 14 attempts for 80 yards and a touchdown. Calvin Ridley goes five receptions for 110 yards. He's had 100-plus yards in every single game this season so far. And Mikel Walker, eight tackles, one tackle for loss, one forced fumble. Great stuff for there as Nick Boyle scores a touchdown for Baltimore. Um, they're, the game is this Baltimore game. And Baltimore's playing well from behind thus far as a side net. Uh, they came into the second half with a mission because the Chiefs did not score in the second in the second half thus far. And now... After this extra, you know, I can. It's going to happen. The Ravens are only going to be down seven, so they're actually playing surprisingly well. Wow! And there's still the whole fourth quarter left to play. We there's all the jokes recently about Baltimore, you know, being not able to play from behind. But thus far, they're playing. So we'll see what happens. Um. Anyway, back to the actual <laughs> game at hand here. Um. Uh, Chicago Atlanta. Not much to say. You saw Mitch Trubisky have his 45 yard run and then get benched there soon after for Nick Bowles, who came in and had a solid game to lead the Chicago Bears back to take the. Uh, last second touchdown to Anthony Miller with about a minute left to win that game for Chicago, 30-26. to 26. Atlanta, I just feel bad, man. That offense is explosive. Um, Gurley's having a solid season. Calvin Ridley's having an amazing season. Um, Julio Jones doing pretty well. Matt Ryan's having a great season. But it's just the defense can't hold together and when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Um, and that was the thing. Like, a lot of the coming into it, you know, they lost a lot of talent. In the past couple of years, um, obviously, their number one corner, Desmond Trufant, has gone. They lost Vic Beasley, their star pass rusher. Things are just not going as well for that team defensively as they were. Now it's like Keanu Neal's all in safety, and then Brady Jarrett and Deion Jones there. That's really the defense. So um, hopefully they're able to pick things up. They're just blowing the leads. Man. They should be 2-1 right now and being in the conversation for one of the better teams in the league just because that scoring off and the amazing season Calvin Ridley's having so far leading the league in receiving games. But... You know, things happen, so sucks for it sucks if you're an Atlanta fan. Chicago improves to be one of the worst three and teams I've ever seen about. So yeah, Chicago. Yeah. I yeah. is in a very interesting situation, but yeah, I feel bad for the Atlanta fat Falcon fans all around. Because, um, yeah, you come into the fourth quarter and you think you're gonna win and then you just blow it like that. And, you know, but at least we have a fun narrative with Nick Foles here, so um now we're going to get into uh, a very interesting game, to say the least. A 23-23 tie between the Bengals and the Eagles. Um, Joe Burrow, 31 for 44, 312 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So a nice clean game for him. Tyler Boyd was 10 on 13 tar- 10 receptions on 13 targets, 125 yards. That is an average of 12.5 yards per catch and two touchdowns. So he went off. Um, I had him on my bench. <laughs> I had him on my bench, too, on the, in the one league. Obviously, absolutely. Um, so, like, an, a great performance for the um, Joe Burrow-led offense there for the Bengals, honestly. Um, and the Eagles, um, Carson Wentz had a, had a pretty rough game. He had two interceptions, zero touchdowns. Um, he's not one of the performers, but I just want to mention that. Um, Miles Sanders, 
75 yards on 18 attempts, um, which isn't great. Like, it's actually really bad. But um, he was the only person generating, like, relatively any offense because our wide receiver core, like, all there's only, like, one receiver. I think it was um, J.J. Arcega-Wayside. I think he had two receptions. I think, like, pretty much everyone else had, like, one. So, um, so Zach Gertz had uh, a really nice catch towards the end of the overtime period to put them close to field goal range, but then they didn't take the field goal. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and on defense, Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, two cornerbacks, actually both had seven tackles, which is pretty impressive because, you know, you don't see cornerbacks getting um, that many tackles normally. But it was just a really mediocre game all around. There wasn't any, like, really interesting players that had good games except for Tyler Boyd. The rushing games on both for both teams were really pretty bad. The passing games um, for the Eagles was really bad, honestly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dallas Goddard, you know, that's a rough. That's a rough mm-hmm. loss for the – he's such a big receiving target. Um, and he's a big, like, yard-after-catch guy. So, I don't know. I really thought – I think we both thought, we both thought the Eagles were going to win this game. Um, we definitely did not predict it, so. <laughs> I'm never going to predict a tie ever. Believe that. It wasn't, like, a bad game to watch, but it was, like – I feel like I was always waiting for – like, I watched the, the end of it, some of the overtime games, because it just went from the Steelers and Texans to Bengals and Eagles to um, – uh, I forget what the team was. I already mentioned it. Uh, yeah, um, I, I went in that same. Just after the Steelers game, just whatever. That was what I was watching, so. Yeah, but, like, I was waiting for something big to happen, and there was a big Earth catch. But, yeah, they didn't. nothing really came out of it for the Eagles there. So, Miles Sanders, I don't know. It wasn't really a big performer there, but I felt like I had to write something down, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Most all-purpose yards. So yeah, yeah. with Carson Wentz struggling, I just, I want to give credit to Miles Sanders and Darius Slay on that team because just Miles Sanders, they should have given him the ball more. That's all I've got to say. Just from what I've seen of that game and this and that, Miles Sanders, the first half was going off. Like that, their first drive, their first couple of drives, Miles Sanders was just doing so well, and then they just kind of stopped going to him altogether. They started giving Boston Scott the majority of the runs after that point for a while and then they were passing the ball more he wasn't doing very well so Boston Scott was really the only form of offense that team had and they went away from him um that was rough to see and Darius Slay I just give him credit especially towards the overtime period when you get in the overtime you know a lot of times quarterbacks especially younger guys just want to try to force it to their their best playmakers and try to see what they can do you saw Joe Burrow trying to force it to AJ Green and Darius Slay was not letting up Darius Slay was putting on the clips and absolutely locking up AJ Green so I just give him credit there. He had an amazing game, just absolutely putting the clamps on. But, Honestly, um, the Eagles really need to put Darius Slay on AJ Green. Is AJ Green really the number one receiver that they need to take care of? Like, I'm not sure. Because <laughs> right. we've seen rough year. AJ Green's had a really rough year so far, and we both predicted mm-hmm. him to not have a very good year because he's aging. He's come off with some big injuries. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you, know, you can't complain because he, he locked him down. But I don't yeah. know. So. The next game here, Carolina Panthers versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Another one I got wrong, um, but it was I was happy with it. Twenty-one to sixteen, Carolina is the final score. My main man, Teddy Bridgewater, gets his first win in a Panthers uniform. Top performers: we have Shaq Thompson, thirteen tackles, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and two passes defended. And Brian Burns for the other, the two for Carolina. Brian Burns gets three tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and a pass defended. Well-rounded game for him. And then on the other side, the Chargers, we're going to have the rookie, Justin Herbert, goes for 330 yards, a touchdown, and Austin Eckler 
12 attempts for 59 yards and a touchdown rushing, and then 11 receptions for 84 receiving yards. Keenan Allen puts up 13 receptions for 132 receiving yards and a touchdown. And then Rayshon Jenkins on the defensive side of the ball, nine tackles, one sack, and two for, or tackles for loss. I'm sorry, not forced fumbles. Um, a solid game, relatively low scoring. Teddy Bridgewater had a more efficient game than he did last week. Uh, Mike Davis performed relatively well in the absence of Christian McCaffrey. You saw the ball get spread around a little bit more than it has been in previous weeks. And um, it's a good game. I like what I'm seeing from Justin Herbert as a player in the past couple of games that he started. We'll see what they're going to do with him, if they continue to, to start him or if they want to bring back Tyron Taylor whenever he's back. But overall, I was I was pleased with with the Chargers and the Panthers overall. The Chargers, you know, there's only so much you can do with a rookie quarterback in a second game. You, you know, things happen. But I, I was pleased with their performance. A lot of the individual performances, I guess, not as a team particularly. 16, 16 points is not never what you want to see. But, you know, it wasn't a bad game. I was impressed with Teddy Bridgewater and that offense in Carolina. So, overall, it was an okay game. It wasn't an amazing game to watch. But Carolina pulls off the W. It makes me happy, at least. That, um, that's, uh, I don't, know. I don't have much to say. I didn't watch that game, so I can't give much, uh, much input. But now we have a very interesting game here. I know it's not interesting at all, actually. The Cleveland Browns versus the Washington football team. The Cleveland Browns takes the win 34 to 20. Um, Baker Mayfield went 16 for 30 on, uh, 16 on 30, 23, not 30, did not have 30 passing attempts. 156 yards, not a big number there, but he had two touchdowns. Um, the start of the show, Nick Chubb, 19 attempts, 108 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, Odo Beckham Jr. caught four, attempt, um, four receptions out of six targets there for 59 yards. It's an average of 14.8 yards per reception, so that's a big big number there for him. Um, and then Miles Garrett, four tackles and two sacks. So, big game. We know Miles Garrett is really good, and he was going to feast on that offensive line, and so he did. Um, for Washington, Jonathan Allen, seven tackles. And surprisingly enough, former Steelers John Bostic had had a five tackles there. Um, uh, wide Bostick's receiver. been having a good season, like low-key. Like, people don't know about it, but like he's had a couple of big monster sacks, especially in week one. He just destroyed Carson Wentz. And, um, he, he, you know, thus far, he's had a really good surprise statistically. So props to John Bostic. Mm-hmm. Um, wide receiver Don Terrell Inman. Three receptions on six um, targets there for only 38 yards, but two touchdowns. So I had to throw him in there. Um, and then scary Terry McLaurin, four receptions on eight targets for 83 yards. That's an average of 20.8 yards per reception. So um, I always like those in there. I like the averages. Um, it, was, it was another, it was a, I was a much more big win for the Browns there. I was not as close as the score portrays, in my opinion. It was a clean yeah. smack. Um, Mayfield had a yeah. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is the X factor there. Humongous game, mm-hmm. two touchdowns, and then Miles Garrett on the defensive side of the ball really kind of took over with two sacks. So yeah. and let it be known that this is the first time that the Cleveland Browns have had a winning record since 2014. They've never uh-huh. been above 500 since then. They've not. They've not been one and zero. Opening game since like 1950 or something. Yeah. I they said that. I remember what year it was. It's but bad. I don't know. Rough times in Cleveland. But um, no, 
Next game is the most boring game of the week. The Gi- the Jets for the Colts. Final score, Indianapolis takes the W, 36-7. to And the Jets look to be by far the worst in the league at this point. Um, <laughs> It's just like... I personally have defender for a long time. Um, I've I've defended him multiple times on here, but um, I can't defend him this game. He's, he had a terrible game. Two, three interceptions, two pick sixes. Um, it was it was bad. You know, usually I I like Sam Darnold as a player. I'm interested to see if the Jets happen to got the first pick, but they still. I would probably still go for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, trying to get some value out of Sam Darnold is actually a productive quarterback. Uh, I'm not going to go, but we all. I've said many times I believe in Sam Donald. More. I like some of the throws that I've seen him make and the reads I've seen him make, but there's no time. But we can get into that another time. There's only two top performers on this whole game. It's not a fun game. Xavier Rhodes and one of my favorite corners in the league, maybe my number one. I don't know. Um, two tackles, two interceptions, two passes defended, and a touchdown. So he had two interceptions, one of those going back for a touchdown. An amazing game there for the corner, Xavier Rhodes, who was not looking too hot last year, but is coming to Indianapolis this season blazing. And then TJ Carey, the other guy that got the interception. Three tackles, one interception, one pass defended, and eight touchdowns for him. So he had one interception that was a pick six. Um, Crazy game for both of them, man. Like in the uh, two pick sixes there for that defense, three interceptions. That's absolutely nuts. So that defense is looking absolutely dominant. And that whole team is looking absolutely dominant as the Jets could not do anything. There's uh, there's some discussion. Who's wor- I've already seen discussion of who's worse, the 2020 Jets or the 16 Cleveland Browns. Yeah, so I'm, that's right. I'm not, I'm not going to get into that, but it's it's not they're not far off at this point. They'll probably. I see them picking up to not be a good team or anything, but not be in contention for the worst team of the decade. Yeah. Um. So, did we go over the Miami-Jacksonville um, game already? Yes. Okay. Um, so, up next we got the game with all the old quarterbacks, Green Bay versus New Orleans. Aaron Rodgers does not look like an old man out there. 21 um, receptions on 32 attempts, 283 passing yards, and three TDs. Um, one of those going to Alan Lazard, the leading, leading receiver. Six catches on eight targets, 146 yards. Average of 24.3 yards per reception. So that's a big game for there. Ty Summers leads the defense in tackles. Um, he's a he's a defensive lineman, so um, must have been stuffing Kamara to an extent. But Kamara saw a humongous game right up next year. Um, on six attempts, attempts rushing, he had 58 yards. Um, in receiving, he caught 13 of 14 targets for 139 yards with two touchdowns. So he... Um, he had a big game. Breeze had uh, 29 catches of 36 attempts, 288 yards, and three touchdowns. Of course, two of them going to Kamara. And Malcolm Jenkins leads off the uh, leads off the defense there with eight tackles this game. Um, no other stats. But yeah, his, his score was, uh, I just scored here, um, 37-30 Packers. I kind of felt like the Packers probably should have won by a little bit more um as far as like close the game felt like i feel like i never really felt like the saints were really in contention as much as the score looked kamara kamara is proving again and again that he is really really good and um latavius murray and him both they split a lot of rushes and um latavius murray was a lot less efficient on the ground but through the air latavius murray had like one catch and yeah and you saw um kamara had a nice 
13 receptions and two receiving touchdowns. So it's, it's, the, it's the play call. I feel like it's, the play call is very catering to Kamara right now because with um, with Michael Thomas out, you got to throw more screens and stuff because you're not going Drew Brees doesn't exactly have the arm to be throwing long bombs to man, uh, to Emmanuel Sanders and stuff because uh, he hasn't completed a pass over 30 yards since you know 2015 or, or 2014. This I saw that style a little while back. Um, I don't know. It was a, it was a high scoring game, but not not a lot of defensive plays there for sure. A lot of tackles and stuff, but yeah. nothing he, too. As like, time goes on, we see it become more and more evident of Drew Brees' arm lacking talent anymore. At this point, which could honestly be a big reason why Michael Thomas ran so many slant routes, just because of the capabilities of Drew Brees. And you know, we're seeing with him out, Alvin Kim, she said, get a big role there. Something that I wanted to bring up that's not related to this game. Interesting. I, if you guys haven't um, figured it out by now, I'm, I'm the, I have the Monday Night Football game going. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> threw his tu- threw just threw a two yard touchdown pass to Eric Fisher, um, the offensive lineman. Former first overall pick. He chipped his block and then ran into the end zone. Patrick wide open touchdown pass to Eric Fisher. Um, I just but um, anyway, back to it. Um like I said, Kamara's performing running back in football at this point. He's I don't think he's gonna keep it up when Michael Thomas comes back. I'm not saying that he is, but statistically he could be having a great season there. But Aaron Rodgers if if the season ends now, Russell Wilson's my MVP and that's the next game up on our list. But my number two is Aaron Rodgers. They're averaging 40 points per game at this point, and Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. And, you know, you you lose your number one receiver, Devontae Adams, and then you go and turn Alan Lazar to a 130-plus yard wide receiver. So Aaron Rodgers having a beastly season. Um, props to him. And then, yeah, just that was a really good game. And then there's not much to say. The Packers are a lot more lethal than I thought they were. So now the next game. Another amazing game involving the Seattle Seahawks. Dallas versus Seattle. Final score, 38-31 to in favor of Seattle. Uh, for the Cowboys, we have Dak Prescott, just 72 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Michael Gallup goes for six receptions, 138 yards and a touchdown. Cedric Wilson, five receptions, 107 yards and two touchdowns. Trayvon Diggs, the rookie corner, nine tackles, one pass is defended, and one forced fumble. But something interesting, and I don't know if a lot of people have seen this play. DK Metcalf caught a ball and was running. He was on the one-yard line about to— So Russell Wilson, for one, could have had six touchdowns um, if DK Metcalf didn't, like, his brain worked for that play. But he held the ball out, and he was on the one-yard line about to run into the end zone. And Trayvon Diggs bats the ball out of his— and into the back of the end zone for a touchback. So, interestingly enough— Trayvon Diggs made one of the best plays of that game. Uh, that was just an amazing football IQ play for him. And DK Metcalf being stupid prevented Russell Wilson from throwing six touchdown passes in the game. Uh, yeah. Whatever, because we'll get into him later. Uh, and lastly, Alden Smith had an amazing game. Alden Smith, four tackles, three sacks in this game. Um, two tackles for loss and a pass defended. Amazing game for the linebacker, Alden Smith. We didn't even know how to play this season, but he's playing and he's making a big impact. And then Russell Wilson, we 315 yards and five touchdowns on the night. Absolutely amazing, efficient game for him. And with those, with that, Russell Wilson has done 14 touchdowns in the first three games, of the, which is the most amount of touchdowns in three games by any player in NFL history. In the first three games, sorry, by any player in NFL history. Um, DK Metcalf, four receptions, 110 yards and a touchdown. Could have been 111 yards and two touchdowns, you know, whatever. Um <laughs> Tyler Lockett, nine receptions for 100 yards and three touchdowns for Tyler Lockett. An amazing game for him. And then Shaquille Griffin in the corner, 11 tackles, one interception, one pass and defended. 11 tackles for a corner is crazy. 
Um, props to him, I guess. Really good game there, Dallas and Seattle. Seattle's been involved in three of the best games of the season so far, and they've won all three of them, so props to them. Yeah, Tennessee owners and DK Metcalf have got to be so upset right now. <laughs> Drops that. I mean, he didn't drop it, but I don't know. Um, and into my last game here that I have, that I have the, the standout players here, the game that me and Colton care the most about, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Houston Texans. And Steelers, undefeated, take the big dub, 8-21. Um, big Ben, the GOAT, went 26, I mean 23 for 36. 237 passing yards, two touchdowns. Um, James Conner had 18 attempts for 109 yards, um, no touchdowns. James Conner, once again, had a horrible game and then a really good last drive. And... Honestly, I, I think James Conner performed well this game, personally. Last game, I definitely he had one nice run, but other than that, he was terrible. I was really impressed with James Conner this week, personally. I think he ran well. They did not feature him at all. Like, they were, like, switching out between him and Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane the whole game. And Jalen Samuels got a few a few attempts, but um, I was impressed with her. I think he, he yeah. had a few 10-plus yard runs. Um, I was happy with his performance, personally. I mean, yeah, it wasn't awful. I mean, whenever you have 100 yards, it wasn't like... But he had, he had a really good last drive, which kind of solidified his good game. Um, yeah. Eric Ebron, the star of the passing game today. Um, five receptions on seven targets. 52 yards and one touchdown but his effect on the game showed a lot more through the eye test and the stats he cut a lot of third down passes um a big touchdown where he pretty kind of cut a picture perfect ball from ben um right over top of the defender's head and you know it's awesome um juju smith schuster four receptions on five targets 43 yards and one touchdown so um juju's been very consistent this year which is not he was not consistent at all last year. Um, can, he's, he's can, yeah, I got a touchdown, some some uh, efficient passing yards there, and now we go on the defense here. Mike Hilton, eight tackles and one interception. So Mike Hilton has had a quietly really good year this year. Um, he hasn't been great in coverage. He did get the interception today, um, but he's like he's almost playing like a linebacker. And we always say this: he's a small guy, but he's playing like yeah, he plays like a big guy. <laughs> um, and then. A little bit of a weird one here. Devin Bush, he didn't have a great game. Two tackles, but he has some clutch pass. Um, he had a nice touchdown-saving pass defense there. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought I'd put him in there just uh, yeah. just for, for fun. And moving on to the Texans here, Sean Watson, of course, um, a superstar quarterback in the making. If not, I already had him as a superstar quarterback. Yeah, I, had him as, uh, I, I didn't have him as a superstar, but I have him in the top five currently. You had him as a star, but you said you could very easily see him be a superstar. And honestly, 19, uh, 19 receptions on 27 attempts there, 264 yards, two touchdowns, got sacked five times. And even then, if you watch the game, you saw how many times he evaded the sack. That offensive, the Houston offensive line is abysmal, and he's just he's just so elusive. He's so good out of the pocket. Um, David Johnson honestly had a really bad game. He did have a touchdown, though, so I threw him in here. He 13 attempts only 23 yards but a yeah, touchdown so Randall Cobb four for four um caught all of his targets there 95 yards and a touchdown and um leading off the defense there there was Benton Eric McKinney eight tackles um so this the Steelers one were were behind at the beginning and then they caught up and then they were ahead by a lot and then the Texans kind of caught up a little bit and then 
the Steelers kind of clutch it out at the end. Um, the Steelers defense, especially some, there's some secondary issues. I mean, that were are kind of coming out of nowhere. I don't really know, yeah, where they're coming from because it's the same exact personnel. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. We got the one, the three now. Defense, honestly, yeah. it's it's Blitzberg, it's Blitzberg again, running on pace to to break the mm-hmm. number of have had in the season. Um, from like two years ago again. So yeah. Cam, Alulu, Watt, Dupree, um. Even Highsmith got some pressure in there. Um, so, I don't know. You'll love to see it. You do. Shout out TJ Watt with a sack. Should have been a sack and a half. And then Bud Dupree with a sack and a half. Um, good stuff there for the two of them. The next game here we have Tampa Bay versus Denver. Tampa Bay takes the W, 28-10. Top performers. Tom Brady, 297 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Chris Godwin, five receptions, 64 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans has one of the strangest stat lines that you'll see today. Two receptions for two yards and two touchdowns. Um, interesting for Mike Evans is all I can say. Um, Shaquille Barrett goes six tackles, two sacks, and three tackles for loss. And then Shelby Harris for Denver, four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and a pass defended. It was a blowout. The score, probably the way that Tampa Bay was playing, reflects that it should be a bigger blowout than it is. Um, there's not much to say. They didn't start Bortles. Um, Jeff Driscoll was the starter. So, obviously, you, you expected the loss. It came. They're still without Gordon, obviously. Jerry Judy had an okay game. Five receptions for 55 yards. But, um, you know, you know, Tampa Bay was just back to the game. They did. There's much to really say about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you must have a couple more games than me because... I have one more. Uh, okay. I, we were we Jacksonville, so it would have been even, but we already did that game, so that makes sense. Yeah. So the last game was one of the more surprising games: Detroit versus Arizona. Detroit takes it twenty-six to twenty-three. Interestingly enough, because Kyler Murray had a rough game where he threw three interceptions. Um, he also had three th- total touchdowns, but he threw three picks. So that was a rough game for him. As for Detroit, we have the Matt Stafford, the quarterback. 270 yards and two touchdowns. And then Jeff Okuda, the rookie Cole, is going to get the next one in his second ever game. Six tackles, two tackles for loss of interception, and a pass defended for Jeff Okuda in his second ever football game. Really nice there for the rookie. And then for Detroit, DeAndre Hopkins, an absolutely beastly wide receiver, goes for 10 receptions, 137 yards. And then Andy Isabella, four receptions, 47 yards, and two touchdowns. The other receiver there. It was an interesting game. Um, Kyler Murray had his worst game of the season. And that's rough to see, especially from a guy that we had as an MVP guy. He's having a great season still, though. DeAndre Hopkins is still having an amazing season, um, despite what a lot of people thought, that he's going to be able to perform well without Deshaun Watson and this and that, whatever else. He's performing extremely well, so all props are DeAndre Hopkins. Props to the rookie, Jeff Okuda. A close game, but Zane Gonzalez, or not Zane Gonzalez, he's for the Cardinals. It was a last-minute field goal. Um, I don't remember Detroit kicker is, but <laughs> Matt Prater. No, is it Matt Prater's? I think it's Matt Prater, yeah. Okay, well, then Matt <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting week. There wasn't too many flashy performances. Um, at, uh, there's going to be... Yeah, there were a few. And next episode, we're going to be able to talk about the, uh, the Ravens-Chiefs game in its entirety. And I'm sure there's going to be some flashy performances there because when there's Mahomes and there's Lamar on their own, you get some like there's always flashy performances, let alone when they're playing against each other. It's going to be I'm kind of sad I'm missing it right now, but um, I can see it in the reflection in your window. So keeping tabs on the game. <laughs> so, 
It's a pretty um, good game right now. Kansas City's got it up 34 to 20, and they're, they're trying to drive and, and prevent Baltimore with getting the ball back, but it looks like it's going to be a Kansas City victory. They're up by two touchdowns at this point. So go Kansas this was, it's the outcome. It's not the outcome we predicted, but it's the outcome. Yes, definitely. Um, this was the roughest week in fantasy I think I've ever had. I lost big in both leagues, in the league, the, the year league, and um, I already told you Deontay Johnson, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill all got injured this week. Um, and yeah. Johnson had one point, Julio Jones had zero points. So, rough week. I, I should have, I didn't, you know, it's it's weird because I really thought Deontay Johnson was going to have a huge week. Um, even when he didn't have his concussion issues, he was kind of playing not very good. So, he I don't know. You saw in both of the previous games. He had good week, but he, it took him until like after halftime, really started to blow up. But, um, he's, He's so like he gets so many targets. He's like the third most targeted, yeah, third yeah. or second. Well, most I think Juju Smith Schuster is a better wide receiver. Deontay Johnson looks to be the go-to guy right now thus far for Big Ben, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, Juju Smith are consistent. Greg Ebron, the bailout guy, and then Deontay Johnson is you're looking for some flash, and then you get some clutch balls from Claypool and in Washington. But Washington's playing time is kind of diminishing here because. Claypool keeps catching some long bombs and drawing penalties. And, uh, and as James Washington had the same effect because these are smaller and I think he's less imposing. So he like he definitely is not going to be drawing that many penalties. Um, so I don't know. It's it's interesting to see if James Conner can keep it up. I don't know. I'm I'm of course a big James Conner lover, Pitt fan. I um, remember his big games against Miami and when we beat Penn State and stuff. So. Some of the biggest upsets in uh, NCAA history is from what Pitt's Instagram always says. So, <laughs> of course, that's biased because it's their own Instagram account. But um, Pitt is also yeah. undefeated. So that's fun to hear. See, 3 0. Being above me. is defeated. They lost by State this week, but they're not a good team at all anymore. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're, you're in rebuilding stages right now. Pitt has, Pitt has a lot of older guys and are like a really good defense. Damar Hamlin could. Is, is I think he's projected second round right now. Steelers have, I mean, Pitt has a um a projected first round defensive lineman, but he opted out of the season. He was really good, and he trained with Aaron Donald and stuff. So he's a uh, maybe the Steelers draft, and that'd be awesome. But I don't think they are because yeah. I don't know if we need it yet. I don't know you how long they're going. Defensive lineman on this team. Yeah, and if, well, using a first round pick on like the strongest part of your team isn't always super smart, and especially. Alulu is playing well, um, and he's the the Taiwan. His last name is really hard to pronounce. Um, for the Pitt defensive lineman, uh, that's project- I think you're talking about the Steelers still. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't watch college football really. Me neither, but I, I hear his name a lot. And like I say, I sometimes I'll, I'll just put it on the radio. I'm gonna cut the grass or something, and it's fun to hear. But if he's not playing this year to project keep his uh, draft stock up, can't yeah, blame next, him there. Next. Next year's first round pick for the Steelers will probably realistically either be an offensive lineman or possibly a quarterback. Maybe honestly. there's a lot. Of there's been a lot of talk about being a quarterback, either whether that be Justin Fields or if he somehow selects his draft stock. Or notably, I've seen a lot of Trey Lance talk. Yeah, um, or the yeah. Texas Tech quarterback, six hundred passing yards. Oh my goodness, I saw that, and then you saw Patrick Mahomes tweet about it. That's <laughs> where I saw it from. Uh, yeah, that's insane. The college football is just a different breed if you want to watch scoring. Yeah, it's, there's, such, there's so much drastic changes between 
like talent differences between teams that you can always yeah. just the guys just go off. Just, they don't have like amazing defenders, you know what I mean? It's just like it's the that college football is that's what it's geared to be is a consistently high scoring thing, which is why they always talk about college style offenses versus pro style offenses and how the NFL is shifting towards college style offenses as things go by because high scoring games get ratings up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like um yeah. it's just the style of play. I can't like bash it too much. If you're someone that just wants to watch scoring and that's about it, then college is is the place for you. Um but I don't like the corner play is notably not very good <laughs> across most of the college football. So you see a lot of just go post routes and four verts and stuff like that to where it's just Shuck it up to your best receiver, and he's probably going to make the play. But they always do. playing people that are projected like six-round cornerback talent all the time. Yeah, they're usually yeah. playing people that are projected to not even sniff the NFL draft. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That's why people like Jeff Okuda and C.J. Henderson go so high in the draft because cornerback talent in, in college is at a premium. So Yeah. Yeah, and you're able to watch those guys like when that's like the hardest route. When it comes to NFL – to guard really is post draft when you're just fading deep because they're so often even if you are able to stop them from catching the ball you can still draw pass interference very mm-hmm. frequently right so it's you're able to watch that it's nice that's why you like you said get your guys like your jeff okudas and your cj hendersons and your aj terrells that go so high in the draft and formerly formerly like your jalen ramsey that'll go super high because if you ever lock down in college that's an impressive feat a lot of times so that it is um it's currently 11.09. I always like to give some, some time checks. Yeah, uh, it is. It's interesting. So, you know, it's been a good a good episode here today with our analysis there. Next episode, we'll have for you our analysis of the Monday night game that is coming winding down at this point. And then, depending on when it is, we'll have either the predictions for next week or something I can figure out later. So, <laughs> how about we look through and we see how many how our some of our predictions are going so far pick and choose some of your ones that you want to talk about and i'll pick and choose some of the ones i want to talk about either they're going good so far they're going bad so far they're already lost we have already mentioned some of the ones are going like they're already done for so um if you want to do that and if we're like a bill we can record on uh uh, wednesday wednesday will be the day that we'll be recording um and then we can give our predictions on friday per usual so if that's something you're I mean, just or we can check in on some. I mean, it's still early to check in on some of our um, schedule predictions or whatever, our uh, record predictions. So yeah. Or if you think if you think of anything else, or you want to comment something or DM us on Instagram or something, we'll probably do it because why not? (laughs) You know. Yeah. (laughs) If that's what people want to see, I'm all for it. It's accurate. But yeah, there we go. There's our predictions. It's looking. There's a minute and forty seconds left. Kansas City's up by two scores, and they have and the ball. So, it's, so we, it's with 99, so with 99% accurate, you can say our Pittsburgh Steelers are in the lead of the AFC North right now. Yes, Locked in can. at that number, tied for the number one seed in the playoffs. So, it's not going to tell they're you. Know, and then they'll be 2-1. and one. <laughs> The Browns will also be 2. And sadly, Cincinnati is 0-2-1. Oh, and and <laughs> oh, my. Mm. The playoff oh, yeah. pictures are going to be this year. They really are. Yeah. It's just going to be really see seven teams for one. I don't know how much I really like that format. I don't really like that format, personally. Um, you know, well, it's like, you know, if they had it, the Steelers would have made the playoffs two years in a row. You know, like, But it's like, yeah, I just feel like that's too, many, that's too many. I feel like 
I just don't think that many teams really deserve to be playoff teams. And, you know, you say there are a lot of times, like, last year to be playoff teams probably, but, like, really, I I just think that's too many. I think that clusters it where, like, teams that aren't deserving make it and only one team gets a first-round bye now instead of two, which I don't particularly like. So, I I don't know. I'm not a fan of the format, personally. Wait, okay. You might have heard. My mom called me. So, um, yeah, but... That's definitely a thing that I don't know, but yeah, you can be an eight and eight team and be in the playoffs. Like I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. Yeah, I don't. Because now the oh. seventh seed is going to be like eight and eight every year. Yeah, they're right? always going to be eight and eight teams <laughs> don't deserve to make the playoffs. Like the Steelers, they were a good team last year without Ben, but after their last three games, they didn't deserve to make the playoffs. Personal, I say. Um. So, if you're eight and eight, you shouldn't be a playoff team. That's all I've got to say. And now there's going to be eight and eight playoff teams left and right. I. I think a playoff team has to be a winning football team. Has to be like just if you're eight and eight, you're not a winning football team. Obviously, I don't like that. I just don't like that the Dallas Cowboys are going to freaking sneak in at eight and eight for when they don't deserve it. And you're going to have seasons, some seasons where you have a seven and or a team with a losing record makes it. Like, <laughs> it, there's no scenario where losing record in the NFL in a 16 game season should ever make the playoffs. But it's going you're going to see it in the next couple of years. And I just don't like the, I I don't like the formality because especially in the AFC where we get more top every every single year as time continues. Um, I'm not a fan. Yeah, definitely. But I don't know if the Steelers make it into the playoffs. Like I don't care. But the thing is, yeah, like last year Steelers, if they made it to the playoffs, they were just gonna lose in the first round anyway. Like they're not exactly um, playoff bound, like ready teams. And the year before that, with Antonio Brown, I think we probably could have went. We probably wouldn't have been first round exits, but the defense was so abysmal. Like mm-hmm. we very easily could have been first round exits, even though you know we saw an incredibly good offense and Juju was going off. But and that was the yeah. year Logan Connor was a star too, you know. And here we have the official end of game score, thirty four to twenty in favor of Kansas City. So at the end of that game, we'll have our analysis for that on Wednesday. And there you go. It's been a good one. Yeah, more good analysis for for this, and um, not much to say other than this. So I guess now, uh, from us here at the Colton and Joe Show, we are peace.